the Lord that you all made it. Hallelujah. Praise Him. I've been preaching at you that there is nothing in the new year. I've been saying to you in this church that some very bold, scripturally backed declarations that there is nothing spiritual about the new year. And I said today, I'll take questions. Funnily enough, such a large congregation of people, like some persons will say sarcastically. Let me see if you have a question concerning what I've been saying about the new year. I've been debunking prophecies. I've been out slicing and outmatching prophetic declarations. I've turned all under spiritual illiteracy. Spiritual illiteracy is the reason why a believer feels there's something attached to just one more day after the last day of a previous previous year. Previous year. And the hype is such a pseudo-spiritual one that Another person is panting and gasping for breath and dotting his eyes and differentiating between his Q's and his P's and crossing his T's and ensure that his nine does not replace six and that his B does not replace double bias. So is this aura of spirituality of something Sometimes something scary, something sinister and cruel, some folks don't want to travel the last day of the year. You had better don't complain about somebody you think should be corrected first day of a new year. You had better not start the nagging again. You've been nagging and complaining about your lover who has been very responsible and very uncaring and very selfish, stingy and proud, disagreeable. You had better don't raise the issue first day of the year. You had better watch your tongue. What jokes 
you make of anything when you are with your friends because they may not take it lightly with you that you are toying with their lives or some spiritual magic thing hanging upon their heads first day of the year first day of the year first first day of the year first day of a decade this is a new decade the next 10 years is a new decade wow it's a new decade entirely very powerful so I've said all these things are not in any way scriptural so please if you have a question raise your hand or you want to write it quickly you have a question you think has something different from what we have shared um, you are thinking that there's something I have forgotten to mention or something that is unnecessary I've said or something that is extra biblical I've told you in this church that once it is scriptural I will never shy from preaching it I've told you in this church that once it's New Testamental revealed in Christ Jesus I would never be afraid to share with you so if there's something I've said concerning the new year that you think you're not clear about or you're confused or not, you have a suggestion please quickly raise your hand so we can hear you or I will assume that you all are abreast of my facts you have a question there should be a microphone somewhere there can I use the other microphone? Let's hear your question. Now, it's strictly, now listen, it's strictly concerning what I've been talking in the last two, three meetings about the new year and all the very unhealthy, illiterate, spiritually illiterate hype concerning it. So, uh, my question is that um, we've been told not to observe this from scripture, but some, some other ways to. Uh, in, in other places in scripture also said it, i think in first corinthians i'm not mistaken now maybe chapter 10 or i i believe paul was also saying that we should that him that observes the days observes it to the lord and he who does not observe it does not observe it to the lord so what grounds are we to or what's the standpoint of scripture for that i guess you are quoting romans 14 now paul is describing at Romans 14 regarding days above another from verse 5 esteeming every day like and he said let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind Paul is saying don't let the issue of regarding a festivity or an observance that strictly is about the laws cause any division 
he was talking particularly about food offered in sacrifice to idols he said some persons that believe eat all things that's true some other persons eat herbs that is strictly strictly sins prescribed by the laws of Moses are forbidden by it so on this grounds the man says why are you judging a believer we have no right to judge a believer on the grounds of observances and this is exactly not what we are doing in this place we are only saying that you are observing a new year above any other day has no spiritual significance we are not judging you we are not castigating you we are not casting as passion on your faith we are not pushing you out we are regarding you as, as weak look at what he said from verse 1 of chapter 14 him that is weak in the faith receive him not to doubtful disputations verse 1 of chapter 15 we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves so there is a referendum for the weak believer but then he says if it's about eating food in sacrifice to idols he said i would rather not eat on this earth that my brother for whom christ died be made to stumble verse 20 for meat destroyed not the work of god all things indeed are pure but it's evil for that man who eateth with offense that is the man knows is wrong and goes ahead to eat verse 21 of romans 14 it is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak is this in your bible has thou faith have it to thyself before god that is if you have faith to eat food offered in sacrifice to idols please don't let your brother for whom christ died be made to stumble and he gave this he delved into this in details at first corinthians chapter number eight verses 1 on through to 13 i'm in church verse 8 of first corinthians 8 but meat commended us not to god for neither if we eat are we the better neither if we eat not are we the worse but take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak for if any man see thee which has knowledge sit at meat in the idol's temple shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols 
and through thy knowledge shall thy weak brother and through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died but when you sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience you sin against Christ wherefore if meat make my brother to offend I will eat no flesh while the world standeth lest I should make my brother to offend so at Romans chapter number 14 we are not admonished to celebrate Christmas or regard a day above another. He's only saying all these things are meaningless and should not be a basis of a divide. And I've quoted at you verses 7 to 8 over and over again in this church at some earlier sermons or some sermons I preached earlier than this. For none of us verse 7 live to himself and no man die to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord. For to this end Christ both died and revived and rose, that he might be Lord both of the living of the, and the dead. So, Romans 14 is not saying Christmas is right. It's not saying festivities are right or wrong. He's saying be persuaded in your heart and it should not be a point of divide for us. But we know that there is nothing spiritual in a new year. It's just a societal and psychological hype. It's just a, a, a psychological scene. It affects your emotions and your person. Shifting from one year to the other, several things are going to be affected. Your credit card, sometimes your status, sometimes your career, your workplace, you're getting a new job, you're moving house, you're getting married, you're getting divorced, you're having um, freedom through some inheritance. There are several things attached to a new year. You have to pay your rent. It's a new rented you have to pay. You have to leave the house. You have to leave this place and go get a land and build your church. Many things happen and I think all these things come together and form some very serious tension in our minds which we quickly translate to spirituality. Outside of this, there's nothing special about the last day of a year into the very first day of the New Year's Day of the forthcoming year. I hope I tried concerning this. Any other questions? Any other questions? I'll try to do this again maybe on Sunday. In case there are people that would have questions or objections and they will say sir I have this scriptural verse that backs up a special anointing for the New Year's Day and let me maintain that several things can psychologically take the place of what God has done. Several things. My father is 85 years old. Each time I have the privilege to take him to see a physician, as an old man, seeing some physician on a regular basis, he's always making all sorts of prayers. He's saying his prayers, and I'm always telling him that these your prayers have no binding basis outside Christ and it's so sounds very 
very rude, very arrogant, very odd and absurd, very juvenile, very kiddish, very recalcitrant, very stupid, very idle. For a 50 years old boy to speak to an 85 years old man and say, your prayers are meaningless. But this is the truth. The Lord knows them that are his. The Lord knows them that are his. It's not about the mood or the frenzy. It's not about the age or the grace. It's not even about the religious status. It's about sonship in Christ Jesus. Abney Brotherhood Fraternity is a life from the pit of hell. What does this mean? The teaching that every human being has come from God and is going back to God. The teaching that for being born into this earth, we all have the same divine parentage. So people say over and over again, we are all children of God. We are all sons of God. And it's very logical. If you are not sound in the faith, if you don't know the word, there are several things. God's word is clear about it. God's word describes these things as good words and fair speeches that deceive the heart of the simple. First, at Romans 16 and verse 17, it says, Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary, contrary to the doctrine that you have received and avoid them. Then he says they are enemies of the cross. And he says by good words, he says he speaks to them concerning them evil weeping. And that by good words and fair speeches they deceive you. Some prayers are just too like it. They just look so, so um, 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 spiritual. They look so divine. They are coated up with a spiritual surface and external appearance that When you see a man who is rocking his walking stick, taking one step at a time, gray hair everywhere, including the hairy strands on his, on, on his palm, 95 years old or 120 years old, praying for you. There's this man I, I, I said, I, I began to see lately on YouTube. He's all over YouTube. He's an um, apostle. Selman, Joshua Selman or something. He's even marrying this year. He's marrying one Miss Selman, woman, um, um, cell woman or something. He's some strange person from Samaru Zaria, Cardinal State. And this guy, of course, he claims to be a prophet who, have seen, who has seen Jesus. He says he goes to heaven regularly. He's all sorts of things. I know he says several things that are unfounded in scripture several bizarre wrong untrue things but then he's going to preach at Ekiti state and according to him he's observantly seen epitaphs 
and write ups by people's tombs. Tombs. And he's looking particularly for the um, years appelled or signed up there. And he's seen 120, 105, 110. And according to him, he says to the driver, Stop! Stop! And the Spirit of God said to him, The grace for long life is no longer in heaven. The grace for long life left heaven a long time ago and is resident at some point of a kitty state. So he goes to preach and he's coming back and he saw the driver stop and he walks around the town and he's asking them for the oldest man in the town. And they showed him somebody like that's about 114 years old. And they told him there was a man that died who was about 132 years old. The man had just died. He was buried, a pastor. But that his wife was alive, who was about 120 something years old. So the oldest man was 114. The man who just died was 132. His wife was 120 something, 26 or 24. So he said, he quickly went and saw the woman and said, I want the grace for long life. And the woman said, the woman removed her shoes and said, kneel down there and blessed him with that grace of long life. If you see this young man die suddenly, it's not because God's word is not faithful, it's just because he has lived his life in deceit and error. I told you in this church of a particular person who used to be a member of the church at Joss and the pastor told them to sow a seed of long life. A seed of long life. I know that Uzo said his father used to sow a seed, a particular seed every year for long life for himself, his wife and his children. The man is dead. He died at the height of his career. He was just supposed to be to sit and be making money. And he just died of some chest um, uh, infection. And he died. It's, the story is ended. We just keep telling jokes and lies without any scriptural proof. Like we are illiterate. Please don't get offended when you come to this church and you hear me say something like, he's a liar, that's a lie, you're unserious, you're illiterate, you don't understand God. It's just, these things may look very insultive and very raw, but for want of better words to use. When somebody behaves uncouth, ill-mannered towards teaching, untaught, non-discipled and uneducated, what else do we say than he's illiterate to spiritual details? So, that it tends to stop, it's emotional, has a frenzy of heaven, looks like it does not make it so what corroborates truth is truth what you should be looking at for is what has god said because nothing else has his backing nothing else on this earth has his backing i quoted at you some scriptures i said to you ephesians 3 and verse 26 we are for ye are all children we are all children of god it doesn't stop there Extra biblical teachings and non contextual appraisal will say it doesn't really matter 
we all are children of God. Why does it stop there? We are children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. You may not accept this because you think it's, it's too blatant, it's too categorical. But this is divine standpoint of view. Is it not a dogma and opium? Is it not some forced um, extreme words? Well, this is Bible philosophy. This is what makes it the Bible. This is what makes it unique. It is unique because it stands alone by its own philosophizings. It is unique because it is not supported by other facts and details. It stands alone against all other facts and details. One thing that scholars have always, always discovered is this. One thing that scholars have discovered is this. Always, always without fail. The Bible stands alone. Standing alone against stacked piles of religious books. Eastern, Western literature. Even African traditions and philosophy. The Bible has no contemporary. It always stands alone. Its own philosophies are different. Its teachings are different from other books that almost have the same age bracket. The contents are unique. They stand alone and they're just there. So, it's not something I'm trying to force you to believe. I'm only saying that for being Bible philosophizing, it stands and says there is nothing special in the new year. And you have to come out of this kid stuff where your feelings supersede what the word says. You have to come out of this kid stuff. It says to be strong, to quit you like men. And I told you it's old usage. First Corinthians 16 13. Quit you like men will mean be strong men. It's it's some, some kind of old English usage. Romans, I mean, First Corinthians 14 and verse 20, it says, In malice be ye children, in understanding be men. Galatians 5 and verse 1, Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ had made you free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You have to maintain integrity of doctrine. Gravity and sincerity. You have to be grave and pure. The greatest issue we have in the body of Christ is wrong indoctrination. We are wrongly indoctrinated. That's just, this is just the blatant truth. We are not, we are not standing firm on the truth. And, and come to think of it, the same issue of illiteracy is the reason why we support the idea of unity in diversity. The moment we have diverse doctrinal biases, we have a serious issue to grapple with. The moment we have diverse doctrinal persuasions, we have a serious point of disagreement. We must all speak the truth in love, grow up into Christ. I love it. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. Ephesians 4 and verse 14. By every wind of doctrine, slight of men, slate of men rather, slate, and cunning craftiness whereby they lie away to deceive. 
But speaking the truth in love, we all may. Till we all come. Till we all come. Many of you don't believe this. And if you don't have an idea what I'm saying, you will think what I'm saying is this. You will think I'm saying every person on this earth must agree with Reverend Debayo. You, you can easily be deterred and, and deterred to think this way. That I'm saying, believe me, agree with me. But this is not supposed to be so. No, 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 no. Why would I be so stupid and arrogant to arrogate to myself the power of being a bastion of knowledge or an emporia of, of church discipline? No! I'm only saying from the word, I suggest that we all agree with the truth. Yes, this is what it looks like. So, to have a king on every hill, each person holding doggedly unto his persuasion is a wrong approach to church indoctrination. Has to be one Lord, one faith, one body, one baptism, one God who is over all, who is above all, who is through all. Oneness. Indoctrination. One truth. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him who is the head. From whom the whole body fitly joins together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. Make it increase unto the edifying of itself in love by the effectual working in the mesh of every part. Growing to him. And on Sunday, I laid an emphasis on the fact that you have a choice what this year brings forth. I don't know, but I'm sure many of you will have heard a lot of sloganizations, a lot of um, soothsaying, um, prophetic sounding, divine deceit in quote that men have used upon manipulations to bear the air or to cloth the air or to disguise the air or to present the air so funny you're going to hear things that will baffle you i've seen a lot and what makes me sad what makes me cry not once not twice is the fact that this happens year in year out these things happen year in, year out. And like I boldly affirm to some of you when we were leaving church um, early hours of the first, look, there's something that looks like revival. And that is, some youthful people are discovering that something is seriously wrong with a straight jacket kind of religious inclination. And it's not spiritual revival. It's not Ego's revival. You don't, you don't predicate spiritual revival or rebellion. You can't, you can't precipitate spiritual revival on sinfulness or idolatry or love for money. You can't leave constituted and delegated church authority to go look for money 
and when you have made money you come back and say prosperity is the key this is not spiritual revival it's a pseudo revival you don't grow so stingy and self-centered and then say to pay or receive tithes is demonic you're just being self-centered it's coming from from what i have described as universalism opposed modern indoctrination of realisms in which faith in an unseen god becomes a taboo let's believe in realities of practicable experimental things then we are very wrong we are so wrong about it true revival is predicated on a study of the word on fasting on prayer on redemption you're making progress in the spirit of god you're not just sitting down i do i will get into yourselves past and you don't have what has this year been called by your side whatever it is called whatever it has been called is not as important as what you make of it so i said to you tell anybody you can find who cares to listen and even those who don't care to listen who are not violent if a man does not care to listen and is violent please don't talk to him if a man does not care to listen and is not violent keep talking at him and let's see whether he will listen or not that you can say this year is my year of whatsoever i make of it and i just said to you by sheer determination i think we can call the shots and determine where we are at end of this year i think we can do it we can we can insist by the power and the influence of god within us where our life should turn this year i think you're going to be very foolish if based on your present predicament you turn your back on reality and sink deeper in perdition i think it's going to be very senseless of you if if things are not working things are not working look oh and then you just call the bluff of sensibility you call the bluff of reason you call the bluff of people and just do anything you want to do and, and, and after all what is it say who can who can who can who can who can who can blame me well nobody can blame you nobody will even blame you because in the long run of final analysis each person will stand responsible for what he makes of his life no matter how close we are no matter how loving we are no matter how friendly no matter our fraternity he that liberate liberate for himself by the time you stand to face the consequences of your actions or your passivity your activities your naivety or in inactivities in, in it will all by yourself people can only greet you they can only sympathize with you they can't be you it's not possible nobody can be you hey. so you you killed yourself because you you were broke hey. so you eventually died because you were going to be disgraced so you this is what you eventually turned into this is what you eventually made of your life ah god then they will turn their back and leave you alone mm. thank god for mobile phones thank god we can call ourselves and say do you know that i have not died because 
I was being disgraced. I said, hello? You mean you are dead? Ah, okay. Don't worry, I'll see you in eternity. That's where it ends. So, you're going to be foolish if this year is turning your life into something you will regret because, just because things are not working. So, I'm saying, instead of this stupidity or foolishness, can't we wake up and say, what, what exactly do I want? No, it's your choice. What, what, do, what do I want? What, what exactly do I want to achieve? Where do I want to be? Okay, this year I will be where I want to be. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Then you set emotion and walk towards it and accomplish it. That's the way it works. Determination. I don't know, but there's something described in the Bible as persistence. Persistence. Paul spoke of his own persistence. His persistence. But insisting consistently and continuously. Persistence is in the Bible. Persistently. How does it sound to you? <laughs> Persistently. I think an average Christian does not have a determined mind. Many of us are actually lily livered. We are not bold. We are not consistent. We are not strong. We are not stable. Strong! Comprehensively strong! Most of us are not strong. We are not fervent. I preached at you in this church. Labor, co-workers, I preach endurance. Fervency! 12-11, the book of Romans. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Many believers are not persistent. It comes from perspiringly desirous. Persistency. Hey! Hallelujah! I think there's something that we must learn from this quickly. That is very vital. Are you in church? Yes, 
very very vital this attitude that doesn't give up cheap Jesus could have given up let me tell you some few things about Christianity number one Christianity is described as a vocation. A vocation. Let's see Ephesians 4 verse 1 from some translations quickly. Ephesians 4 1 from some translations quickly. I want to show you some things about Christianity and then I'll make progress and then close. Did I say Ephesians 4 verse 1? Yeah, I did. So I really want Ephesians 1 verse 1 and not Romans. This is come from, let's start with the NIV. Ephesians 1 verse 1. Let's start with the NIV. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy. Of the calling you have received. Let's see the KJV. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation. Let's see some other translations now so we can get the vocation thing out. I urge you then, I who am a prisoner because I serve the Lord, live a life that measures up to the standard God set. Let's go on another translation. I then the prisoner in the Lord make this request from my heart that you will see that your behavior is a credit to the position. It's, it's a vocation. Apart from being a vocation, ladies and gentlemen, it's a work. It's a work. First John 2 and verse 6. He that saith abided in him himself ought so as to work. Even as he walked. It's a work. First Thessalonians 2 and verse 6. That you walk worthy of God. Walk worthy of him who has called you to his kingdom and glory. Christianity requires persistence. Boy, oh boy. At Acts 19 and verse 14. Glory requires persistence. I was going to say Hebrews I'll show you Hebrews first concerning Christ. What does it say? Let's, let's see the ministry of Jesus because it's possible we feel that the ministry of Christ was a very cheap one, very easy. He was just a man manifesting the glory of God like you and I. So let's see. Hebrews 12 and verse 1 See we are compassed about with so 
great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience lay set before us looking unto jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured endurance the cross despising the shame and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of god for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners endurance many of you are too weak-willed to get the best of your work with god you are too you are too i believe i'm going to get a job you are too weak-willed Rebo, it's not easy. If you are the one, you know it's not easy. I will. You are not determined. You don't have anything outside. I will. Whatever is going to be, is going to be. Imagine Jesus. Contradiction of sinners. Jesus himself had. He would have been killed before his time. Do you know? Jesus would have died. They would have had killed many other prophets before his time. Their time. They had killed many prophets. What are you saying? After Christ's death, they killed within the space of 40 years all disciples that were ever to eliminate Christianity. Thank God for Paul. Acts 14.19 Acts 14.19 and there came Acts 14 and verse 19. I must be conscious of time because I could preach to you tomorrow the way I'm going. Acts 14 19. And there came to the certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul drew him out of the city supposing he had been dead. <laughs> some of these things are better preached than imagined you know when we just preach yeah, yeah, amen yeah, yeah. you carry your bibles and go when you imagine what happened to Paul you know that this is real life challenge the man was stoned it was not a beach party I'm sure it wasn't as if the man was at the beach with some damsels in some shorts and men in shorts and they were just exchanging sand bullets or molds of sand and just feeling cool. He was stoned by an angry religious mob. An angry mob could be under whatever, but here it's a religious mob where thinking when you kill somebody, you are doing service to God angry religious mob they took they stoned him if it were some sand pebbles stones very rocky path broken rocks pieces of pebbles and mountains they stoned him when they thought he was dead and now dragged him 
You know what they do with that dragon? You know what they do with the dragon? When they drag you out of the city, you know what happens? You'll be shredded. I can conjecture that by the time Paul got to where they were going to heap stone upon him, his leg was gone. I can, I can, I can imagine his hand was caught. His eyes were off. You don't know how they drag people. <laughs> when they drag you, <laughs> sometimes I have a cut. Whether it's I just have a cut and I'm, I'm feeling pain for one week. I mean, just a cut. You have a boil. You have a bacterial infection or what we call weaklo, whatever you call it. And you are really suffering pain. You are, you are suffering pain. You have a boil in your armpit and you can't move. <clears throat> you have a boil on your glitters, you can't sit. And this person was beating and stood and then dragged, bam, dragged, dragged. It wasn't, it wasn't synchronized dragging by a computer. I can imagine somebody would drag his head, somebody would drag his head, somebody would drag his leg, somebody he would turn, somebody would drag his eyes, somebody would clutch him trying to drag him, pierce his eyes and drag him with his call. They left him dead. If I were the one, I would have died. Forget. If it were you, you would have died two times earlier. I see that you have a responsibility of persistence and determination that is not a gift of the spirit. <laughs> I can see you and I have a responsibility of a bold mind that is not part of the grace of God. We are the ones that will fetch it and say, look, this grace thing, I'm going to live it till I die. I will live within its boundaries I mean till I die. Choice. Only He swears to his own heart and does not change. This is the kind of person that can work in what I'm talking about. He swears to his own heart doesn't change. He's fasting an entire day. And by 2 o'clock, he's so weak. And by, and by 2.30, he cannot stand. And by, and by 3, she, yeah. Then, the devil tells him, whoever talks to you, he doesn't talk to me. The devil says, you will die. Yeah. So I won't die. Kuli, Gary, Pandadia, Pando, Gala, Cake, Meat Pie, Ah, ah, and he sleeps up. You are too seasoned, you are too weak. When God spoke to Abraham about circumcision, he was already aged. Abraham turned to a place at Gilgal. He took a stone and circumcised himself. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's the kind of man I'm talking about. Can you can you 
cut yourself with a stone just to create covenant with God. I mean, cut your body, your man with a stone because you want to please God. Can you do it? If you cannot do it, then you cannot work what I'm saying. You need that mind that insists I must pursue this thing to a logical conclusion. I must, I must let people see it pays to serve God. I cannot be a mediocre. I will not be a, an outscouring or a pushover. I can never be a pushover. I must pursue this thing to a point where I'm satisfied I did my best. Which is what I mean. That must be persistent and determined. So that you can say, this year, this year, this is what I am going to do. And I will do it. I'll get married. I'll get a new job. I'm going to America. This is what, this is what I'm planning to do. I'm going to become a billionaire. It's a choice. Then you pursue it with all sense of persistence and dignity. They will have killed Jesus. Let me show you two places and close. At John's Gospel, chapter number 8. They will have killed him. <laughs> hey! John 8, 56. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and he was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old. Hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was I am. Then they took up stones, cast at him. But Jesus hid himself. <laughs> Don't get it mixed up with this hid himself. Where was he going to hide himself? I mean, get the information right. And they went out of the temple going through the mists of them and so passed by. Mm. <laughs> you know what happened? First, he disappeared. That's what is, he hid himself. He disappeared. They took stones to stone him. Then they didn't find him again. So let's assume that Jesus quickly ran. He ran, 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 ran. He now found a stone and hid on that. That's reasonable. I agree with you. But the Bible says, don't forget that it's a context too. He doesn't stop and hid himself. He hid himself, number one, and went out. <laughs> Going through the midst of them and passed by. So I can see clearly. First thing was that you are, you are not 50 years old. You say, who are you? They took stones. They took stones. So stole him, then they didn't see him again. He disappeared. Then they were confused. Where is he? 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 Then he began to pass through them. Where is he? 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 And went his way. I'll show you one more. They will have killed him before he fulfilled God's purpose. If you let anybody kill you on your own, no. Hmm. John 12 36. While you have light, believe in the light that you may be the children of light. 
This thing spoke Jesus and departed and did hide himself. <laughs> he said, what is the meaning of this? <laughs> argue with your Bible. Because if you argue with me, it will be nowhere. I can't defend the word of God. I can only speak what I've seen or what I've heard. John 10, I 30, I and my father are one. Then they took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered, Many good works have I showed you from my father. For which of those works do you stone me? Verse 39. Therefore, they sought again to take him. But he escaped out of their hand. Let me give you one more. Luke 4. 28. This person will have died before he died for humanity. They will have killed him. Oh, oh God. For consider him who suffered such contradictions of sinners against himself, against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. You can be discouraged by challenges. You can be. You can lose grip of faith. You can lose. You can stop praying. You can lose the tenacity of prayer because things are not working well. You can easily flag out, wave, and falter because you are not happy. What did he do? Are you in church? Luke 4. All then, it was 28. All then, the synagogue, when they had these things, were filled with anger and rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill where the city was built that they might throw him down headlong. But he, passing through the midst of them, went his way. He decided to live and not die. Just like Paul. It's your choice to live and not die. If you can make a choice to live and not die, then you can make a choice what you become in life. You, it's a choice. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands and just thank him. Give him glory and honor him and say, Lord, you are in control already. God is in control already. What has God not done? What has God not done? What has God not done? <laughs> hey! You are God from beginning. <laughs> 